Jesus came to die so that he might live in us and live with us forever. Welcome to the Plainfield Christian Church Podcast. We hope that the message today encourages you. For additional resources to inspire you in your journey with Christ, go to plainfieldchristian.com. Enjoy today's podcast. On January the 9th, it's gonna be Steve White's last sermon as our senior minister. So I hope that you'll join us here in the weeks between now and then. I hope you'll join us January the 9th. And then uh, we'll have a reception for he and Diana here in this room that afternoon from three to six. Uh, please come, just tell them thank you for how well they have loved and served this church for the last 35 years. Maybe tell them some stories of what God has done in your life through their ministry. And we just wanna appreciate them and celebrate God's faithfulness through them that day. So this woman gets on the elevators packed and she's grouchy and scroogey, you know, and she said, whoever started this thing, uh, she was, had been Christmas shopping, whoever started this thing ought to, be, ought to be arrested and strung up and shot. And people around her smirked, you know, at her scroogeyness. And finally, a little voice from the back of the elevator said, uh, no worries, they already crucified him. Well, two things. I want you to take with you today in the aftermath of our celebration. First of all, as Luke uh, said earlier, Jesus was born to die. It's woven all through the scriptures, all through the prophecy from Genesis 3.15 on. We know that this Messiah was to be born. He was born to die. And because of that, life has never been the same on planet Earth. What a joy it is to know him. In 1863, by that time, Clement Moore and his wife Catherine had nine children and no video games. And so Clement Moore would write poetry for entertainment, just like us good dads would do, right? Yes, right, sure. And so on Christmas Eve in 63, he pulled his kids together and he, wrote, he read them his latest piece of poetry. It was the night before Christmas and all through the house, not a creature was stirring, not even a mouse. And he continued on, which prompts me to think about the night before Christmas in heaven. What was it like when Jesus left his throne of glory? What was it like right before God took his seed and he joined it with Mary's seed in her womb and then something began to take shape, a human body? There's a hint maybe of that moment in Hebrews chapter 10. The writer says, it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Therefore, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you prepared for me. With burnt offerings and sin offerings, you were not pleased. Then I said, here I am. It is written about me in the scroll. I have come to do your will, my God. And by that will, we have been made holy through the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. It was in Mary's womb that these two seeds came together and, and a muscular system grew and a skeletal system and a circulatory system and a respiratory system and, and muscles and sinew and, and ligaments, all that was formed. And God became flesh. Emmanuel, God with us, will never stop being stunned by that truth. He, he said to the Father, you pre you're preparing for me a body and, and I am going to do your will. It was the will of the Father Oh, such a grand truth. 
A man was asked one time to explain the difference between finished and complete. He said, that's no problem. When you marry the right woman, you're complete. If you marry the wrong one, you're finished. When Jesus died on the cross, he proclaimed, it is finished. He, 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 he finished what he was sent to do, and because of that, in him, we are made complete. We are made whole, and we love him for what he accomplished for us. We take, and out of that, then, the text says in Hebrews 10, we can be made holy. Now, that word holy, we throw around holy mackerel and holy ghost and, and holy cow, holy Moses, and of those, only Moses was holy. But the rest of them go by the ways. That word holy is so significant. You know, when we say God is holy, we mean he is holy, W-H-O-O-L-Y, W-H-O-L-E-L. Holy, other, completely other from us, different in his personhood. Um, when we say this, this is a holy Bible, I mean, it's a holy book. It is completely unlike any other book we will ever read. It is set apart in uniqueness. We are a holy people, the New Testament. So when we come to Jesus Christ, we are a holy people set apart to accomplish the purposes of God. We are, we are revealing his glory by the ways we, li- we live. So we look at our bodies differently. And we say to the Lord, out of our being born again, you have prepared a body for me. He did. He prepared a body for everyone. In your mother's womb, uh, you were formed and you were shaped in the same manner that Jesus was shaped. When Jesus was born, he had a soul in that body that reasoned and felt and experienced all kinds of emotions, was tempted in every way we've been tempted, yet without sin. He was holy, holy man and holy God at the same time. We have these bodies prepared for us. And Paul says in Romans 12 that we are to present these bodies as a living sacrifice. We're breathing and we're moving, but, and, but this, it's for him. Now, Paul writes that in a culture where, where dualism was, was understood by many uh, or taught by many, a false faith, a false religion, where all spirit is good and, and flesh is bad. And one of the ways, it, that fell out in a number of ways, or was lived out in a, different, in a lot of different ways, but one way it was lived out was that whatever I'm doing is not really me, because my spirit's good. My heart's really good. It's just my flesh is doing bad stuff, which people do today, you know. I, I, I have a good heart. I just, I just do bad stuff. I think my body belongs to me, and nobody should tell me how to live. Well, that's not how we do in Jesus. In Jesus, our bodies belong to the Lord, and they're temples of the Holy Spirit. And so we do care deeply about how we engage and how we use our bodies as living sacrifices that are poured out to him. So our holiness involves this continual statement, you have prepared this body for me, and I want to be like Jesus. I want to use this body for your glory. We are born, he was born to die, that, that, that we that, that he, we can have a new kind of life only known by him. He was born to die. Second, we are born again then to live and to live forever. Truth be told, Jesus came to die so that he might live in us and live with us forever. One of our favorite verses of scripture, if you walk with Christ very long, is Galatians 2.20. Read it out loud with me. I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Three things I want to say about that verse. First of all, what it's telling us is that when we come to Christ, we live an executed life. He says, I have been crucified with Christ. Now, some guy says, I'm not sure I've died to Christ, but I have felt faint a couple of times. (laughs) Maybe that's the testimony of your weak life. We are called to die to self, die to sin. When coroners show up at a death scene, if a person's died alone, they do a study. They try to figure out when did this happen. They try to figure out the time of death. You know, there is a point in time when we die to sin and to self. Nobody oozes into life with Christ. Becomes a, there comes a moment when we die. And actually, what the Scripture teaches us when we're in Christ is that we were crucified with him. When he was being crucified, that's really our potential time of death because Christ bore all of our sins 2,000 years ago. When we come to that understanding and realization, we claim what he did for us. So when we are born again, we're baptized into Christ, we are then officially dead. We're officially dead. And we are raised up with Christ. Paul said in Romans 6, this is the New King James Version, says, Reckon yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. My dad would say that. I've asked him a question that has an affirmative answer. Well, I reckon so. So that's what happened to us when we're born again. Are you a Christian? I reckon so. I reckon so because something was done for us in our place. Christ died for us that we may live. Now, Constantine uh, Rilu, I think is his name. Constantine Rilu, 63 years old, uh, is Romanian, and he went to Turkey to work for 20 years. He was a married man, and they had this long-distance relationship. So finally, he went back to Romania and found out that his... His wife ended up being the wife of someone else because she went to the government to have her husband declared dead. So when he comes back to Romania to get a job, he can't get a job because they said, you're dead. Our document says you're dead. I'm not dead. I'm alive. But officially, it says you're dead. Now, there's a sense in which that's true of us. Officially, we're dead. But because of that, we're alive in Jesus Christ. And you can't be alive to him until you die to self and past and sin. And however you were shaped, however that was, before we came to him. And I trust you increasingly know yourself and understand that. James Calvert was a missionary to the Fiji Islands. And he, he, he took his team there and they're cannibals on the Fiji Islands at that time. And the captain, when they were approaching the shore, begged him, do not, you, you, you will certainly die here. And Calvert responded, we died before we left. That's how we live our lives in a watching world. We live dead to who we want our lives to be, and we live according to the life he's called us to live. Die to self and live him. That's the executed life. Second, we live the exchange life as well. Paul wrote, I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. One of the remarkable things about being alive today is these smartphones. I mean, uh, the term phone book came up at our table yesterday. And my kids looked at me, phone book. You know? um, and we wake our phones up with our fingerprint. What's with that? Nobody else can wake my phone up except me. Uh, there's a guy named Apu uh, Sarkar who lives in northern Bangladesh. He, he's 22 years old. The men of his family have a unique... Uh, 
uh, genetic mutation. They have no fingerprint, which wasn't bad, you know, 50 years ago. It was interesting. There's no big deal. But now if you live in Bangladesh to vote, you have to use your fingerprint. If, if you uh, want to travel, you have to have your fingerprint. And so it's a, it's a big deal to Apu and the men in his family. And what I want you to know, when we have this new idea, when we live this exchange life, God puts his fingerprint on you. One of the Sunday school classes here got Diane and I a great a framed piece of art uh, for, for our retirement, and it's, um, it's called the fingerprint of God. And it's a fingerprint, but you look closely, and it's, it's comprised of a verse from every book of the Bible. Making, it's, it's a very cool gift. We will always cherish it. But, but it, it get, it's gotten me to thinking, you know, that everywhere you go, if you claim that you are a follower of Jesus, you are to leave God's fingerprint everywhere you go. By the way you engage people, by the way you live on the college campus, the way you live in, in, in school, in the classroom at school, the way you do your homework, the manner in which you do that, the way you do your work, your business, pay your bills, the way you respond to those who come at you that's unfounded, whatever it is, we, we leave the fingerprint of God everywhere. That's the kind of church we want to be. That's the kind of people we want to be. And when we live with that realization, it lifts us above the mundane and the usual. We, 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 we're called to be God's people in a very unique way. And I trust, I trust you live with that, that Christ lives in us. Christ, Christ with you is a good thing, you know? And, and Christ for you is a beautiful thing. And Christ beside you is a comforting thing. But Christ in you changes you forever. Paul spoke of this mystery of God. He wrote, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And I admit, this is still a mystery to me after all these years. I mean, I can, I can get it theologically, but I still wrestle just like you in trying to figure out what this deeply means. Christ in me, Christ in you, the hope of glory. I've got this... Uh, Oh, the bad part, my illustration. Uh, I forgot to empty my mug, excuse me. I forgot to pour it out last service. Oh, boy. So here, here is hot, hot water. Well, you'll remember that one, won't you? Here's this, here's this hot water, steaming hot water, you know. And then I put this tea bag in it. And then, you know, it, it, it suddenly, it becomes a, a pretty good drink. And I, don't, I wouldn't say to you, hey, would you like some hot water with tea in it? We don't do that. Because when you put the tea bag in it, the whole nature of the drink changes, right? It's no longer tasteless. It, it's no longer just hot substance. But now, it's a pretty nice drink. I like hot, drinking hot tea. You might not, but I do. And this is about me, not you right now. So, <laughs> so... So, you know, the, in other words, the nature of everything changes, right? That's what Christ in us is about. When he comes in us, we have this new nature. Everything about us changes from the inside out. And, and we love that about God, that he even wants to do that when we know ourselves so well and, and what we're up against all that. Christ in you, Christ in you. You think of these words, pride and sin and guilt. The middle letter in all of those is I. And I has got to, that's our big problem, the big I. And so continue to die. Just one of the quotes I've heard 
40 years ago, I've never forgotten. The only trouble with the living sacrifice is it keeps trying to get off the altar. That's true, isn't it? I've never forgotten that. We, we want to get off the altar, and we cannot do that. The third point from, this, from Galatians 2 is the energized life. He said, I live by faith in the Son of God. But, but let, me, let me back up just a second, because you've got some exchanging to do, some of you, this week, right? You know, they should have known what you wanted. You didn't do it right. So you're going to go back, and you'll probably hear something like, oh, it's an even exchange, or it's an uneven exchange, whatever. Uh, you kids, did you get a plastic phone in some of your toys this week or something? You're not going to go uh, to Apple and say, I'd like to turn this in and get an Apple 13 iPhone, please. You know, it's not going to work. I mean, if they did, I said, yeah, sure, we'll do that. Well, it's a dream. That just would not happen, right? But, but talk about an uneven exchange, I give my life to him, and then he gives me weakness for his strength. I give him ignorance for his wisdom. I, I give him my prejudice for his love. I give him anger for my gentleness, for his gentleness. I give him my inability for his ability. See, that's what this exchange life is all about that I really wanted you to, to, to get a grip on. It's a talk about an uneven exchange. That's it. But he makes our lives better. Now, the energized life. I live by faith in the Son of God. There's a massive difference between, between living a good life and a better life and leading a surrendered life. And I'm afraid that so many believers, they come to Jesus because they want a better life, they want a happier life, they want to live a better life than they have before, they want to be a good person instead of a bad person. But that's not what Christ calls us to. He calls us to a surrendered life. He says, come and die. That's Jesus' call. Don't lighten it and don't reframe it and restate it. His, hard, his call is a hard call. Only those who are willing to die come to him and are worthy of him. The problem is we don't have enough power then to live life. We're dead. We're dead. How are we going to have power for living? Well, that, that's why God says, now I'm going to put my spirit in you. You die. If you die to yourself, then I'll put my spirit in you so you can use your body in the way I want you to. I want you to live for me. I want you to live uprightly for me. <clears throat> there are two kinds of people who deal with electricity, electricians and fools. That's it, you know? And I'm a fool, so I will not deal with electricity. I don't understand electricity. I, I know how to turn the lights. I, I can change a light bulb. That's as far as it goes. And um, somebody said... Uh, you know, the last words of a redneck are, see what happens when I plug this in. Yeah. That's the joke. It doesn't cost you anything today to hear that. Okay. Uh, our homes are wired. Our homes are wired for 110 and 220, aren't they? A 110 plug is for our small appliances, you know? And then we got 220 that's behind our ovens, you know? It's by your dryer. It's a special plug. It's different. You don't put the 110 at the 220, you know. If you've traveled internationally, uh, you better have a converter with you. Because you ladies, if you don't have a converter, you may have an adapter, but if you don't have a converter, you'll plug that plug in and you'll get some power on that hair dryer and 15 seconds, the motor will be blown because it, it, it doesn't fit. Now, I think there's a parallel in the Christian life because so often one of two things happens we can live by 110 power, 
which is weaker. If you, if you plug your, if you could change the tail on your dryer and plug it in with a 110, you know, I don't know what would happen. Probably nothing. If something happened, I mean, maybe you'd get a, but, but, you know, it's not going to dry anything because it does not supplying the power the dryer needs. And there are believers who live like that, who just continually, it's, 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 it's by, it's by my, this, my, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to toughen up. I'm going to do what God told me to do. Not if you think it's in your flesh. On the other hand, there are people who live like I got a, one tw- a 220, but all in their own flesh and energy. And they burn themselves out. They fail miserably and they walk away from Jesus Christ. They think it's all a fluke. And that's why somehow we have to learn by this 220, Galatians 220, by this power, the power that works with us. I want to challenge you in 2022 to live by this power, the Galatians 220 power, the power that comes from on high for us. And see, this is the way it works. Paul writes in Colossians 1, we proclaim him, admonishing, teaching everyone with all wisdom, to this end I labor, struggling with all my energy? No, his energy which so powerfully works with. Hey, Reed, you're bored, so come on up here. Come on up here. Would you come up? Does, is he, is he, does he want to come up? How about Jake? Jake, would you come up? Are you okay? Would you come up here? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So here's a glove. Here's a glove, Jake. So uh, just tell that glove, uh, pick up the mug. Pick up the mug. It didn't hear you. Say it again. Okay, it's not working. Do it closely. Lean closer. Oh, it's not working, is it? All right, so let's put this on. Put your hand in there. All right. Now, pick up the mug. Jake, pick up the mug. Okay. (laughs) Don't blow my illustration. Okay. All right, all right. Yes, you can pick up the mug, can't you? All right, why? Because your hand, Jake, always remember... You live in Jesus, and he lives in you, and when he lives in you, he empowers you to do what he wants you to do, okay? Thank you, Jake. That's a simple illustration. You can sit down now. Go back to sleep. Um, that, I mean, if that, if that's as silly, as basic an illustration I can show you, is that, that Christ comes in us to empower us living. What this means is, and you can know this, but if you say something like, um, I just can't forgive him, that's because you're doing it by your own power. And you have to say, Lord, please live in me to the degree that I just forgive my dad or my mother or my ex-wife, my ex-husband, my abusers. I'll never love that guy. God, work in me so I can know how to genuinely love that boss of mine or that neighbor of mine. You know, I, I, you know, I, 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 I can't, I can't, Whatever, fill in the blank. If, if that's what you say ever in your language, I cannot do that even though Jesus wants me to. It simply means you haven't grown to the point you're understanding to just be a vessel of honor for his. God, I, I need you to do this in me because I can't do it in the flesh. This is what it means when you live by 220 power. All right. So I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live in the body, the life I live in the body is by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. 
Now, when we live that way, friends, that's why Luke said I was preaching on Revelation. I'm not preaching on Revelation. He wasn't paying attention the previous two times. Um, <laughs> but it does make me end this way because all of this in preparation for what's coming. Look, I'm coming soon, Jesus said. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they've done. I'm the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, first and the last. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right. The right? How can I have the right? Because of the one who died for us. We died to self. It's not us anymore. We live for Christ. Because of the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs who practice uh, magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers. I'm reading the wrong text right now. <laughs> then I saw a new heaven. I told you it's a hangover day, okay? <laughs> All right, here we go. Man, it's tough. It is so tough. You wonder, people say, how do you know it's time to retire? Exhibit A. <laughs> then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully adorned, dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne say, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and he will be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying, no pain, for the old order of things has passed away. Friends, when we live by this power of 220, Galatians 2.20, I tell you, and we understand that we die to self and we live for Christ and we have this day coming, there's nothing like it. It changes us forever from the inside out. And when you live the way, you will always, regardless of the conditions of your life, however poor they may be, however painful they may be, you will always have a very merry Christmas. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, to God be the glory. This is your truth and not mine. It's not contrived. It doesn't come from human ingenuity. It rises from the very heart of God. And we thank you for sharing your deepest self with us and inviting us to know you. I pray that every child in here, even the ones that think this is just for adults to be here today, somehow has a trickling of this. And that no child in this room will be lost to the evil one, but they will watch parents in love with Jesus carrying the fingerprint of God everywhere they go, living the life that has been crucified with Christ. To God be the glory. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. It's our desire for you to grow in your understanding of Christ's love and our mission to love all people to new life in Christ. If you would like to receive our podcast every week, we encourage you to subscribe to the Plainfield Christian Church podcast on whatever podcasting platform you prefer. Have a great week.